Hi, everyone, and welcome to the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Josh. Uh, and I'm noticeably more enthusiastic, Matt. And on this episode, we won't shut up about Tech's shutout of Miami as the Bulldogs pulled a hey. victory over the Hurricanes. <laughs> yeah, Ooh. the you, more oh, like man. the you suck. You had, you the had several hours to prepare that. That was great. All right, Josh, you got the first boo in. What are your initial thoughts? Did Tech go and did Tech die? I don't know that anybody lived after that, but man, uh, Tech didn't die. Miami sure did. Miami's Ooh. offense might be the worst thing I've seen in like my 27 years of living. That was <laughs> awful. I think I've seen yeah. high schools play better than that. Not the one my wife went. <laughs> <laughs> well, this this poor kids get ragged on more on this show than they deserve. <laughs> <laughs> They're hardworking kids, darn it. <laughs> All right, Matt, you're rolling. What do you think about the game? Well, a very rare diagnosis here. Diagnosis, whatever, from me. I think Tech went, but I think that they died, even though they won. Fair. It it was a pretty ugly affair. Yeah, we shut them out 14-0. to Sure, that's cool. But if it wasn't for Jamar being a dick at the end, <laughs> then, then I, I seriously think that Holtz, and I don't know if QBs in the NCAA have headsets. Uh, do they? Do they have yeah. a mic? Do they? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I just, I can hear Skip now saying, all right, son, your last game, let's go out on a high. Let's have you knee that ball down, come to the sideline. Let's start celebrating. And everyone's like, yeah, sure thing, coach. And in his head, he's like, nah, son, I'm, I'm, I'm taking this rock. I'm going to do the Marshawn ding-ding sauce dance. And I thought it was cool when he did that. But on the, back to the question, I do think that Tech went. But I think that they died, even though they came out with a victory, but they did die. Yeah, I'm going to disagree with you real quick about dying because – I, I feel like a lot of people were disappointed in the game only because of how boring it was at least perceived to be. I didn't really find that game very boring. I, everyone in the national media seemed to think so. Like it was a defensive struggle and lots of punts and a couple turnovers and everything. But it was a close game until the end. It was 7 nothing for almost the entirety of the game. And I think that's what makes for an exciting football game. Not so much the 7 nothing score, but the game being within seven points. Like one play could decide this game. But then again, I kind of enjoyed the baseball games that end one to zero. So, well, uh, a pitcher's duel is more exciting than a really bad quarterback. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, well, I but mean, with stakes. <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't, I don't think it's fair to say that Tech died when the defense pitched the shutout. And now Miami definitely was dead mean, before the game even yeah, started. They never... But I mean, to hold to hold a Power Five team in whatever the circumstances, right? Like there'll be excuses, right? They, they didn't care. They were playing for next year. They were blah, 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 whatever. They didn't score any damn points. Like that's the best you can literally do. Right. Like, so I, I mean, tech tech could have scored three points and won this game or two points and won this game. Like, Oh God, could you imagine <laughs> a, a two of victory? Uh, like, could you imagine? I, I almost wish that we had, uh, but I would have printed that out uh, on posters. Oh yeah. But you know, I, I think overall this game was ugly and we talked about this a little bit in our chat because full disclosure, we're recording this the next day since all of us are doing, you know, holiday crap. So we've, we've had some time to think about it, but we, we were talking about like if Jamar had played, you know, even to his Mediocre. average this season, right? Like to his 2019 average, Tech could have won this game 31 to zero, man. Like Miami was that bad and their defense was okay throughout the game, but their, their offense was not going to do anything as we saw. And on that note real fast, uh, I don't know if we're going to get to this, but Miami did fire their OC uh, yep. after the game. 
Yeah, yeah. Manny Diaz said he wasn't going to comment on it. I saw one of their uh, their beat writer for the Athletics said like, if there was ever a time to comment on the <laughs> offensive coordinator status it's after getting shut out by a G five team in a bowl game. <laughs> I guess so, but what are you supposed to do? What's he supposed to do? It's right after Christmas. Yeah, he's fired. He's going to go home to his family. He has no job. No, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> well, that's what he did behind the scenes. I do want to jump in real quick in the defense of the Miami defense because yes. although Jamar had some bad passes, Miami played some really good coverage there too like he missed high yeah, a few yeah. times but a lot of times receivers weren't really open and he was trying to fit it in a window that didn't really exist and i'm I much rather he missed high than than miss uh, back from the receiver in the cornerback's hands but yeah. yeah we we can all say jamar didn't have the greatest game but he had that run near the end that kind of sealed the game off and then the next play where he got in the end zone but let's also not forget the only points that were scored in the first 58 minutes and 45 seconds oh, of yeah. the game oh, were on a, was on a play where Tucker did not drop the ball. Oh, Nathan, well, why? why would you say that why? to me right now? All of a sudden, the Ken Burns Civil War music playing in my head. <laughs> I'm just mad. Yeah, but it's a nice little redemption arc. He he basically calls the only points of this game outside of the few that were basically garbage time at the end. Yeah. The only reason why we even had points in the game was because he caught the ball, which is, I guess, a redemption arc. But but I'm still sad. <laughs> I wasn't sad before. <laughs> now I'm sad. Uh, well, the the sadness was was tucked down inside me deep. Was was tuckered <laughs> down deep inside you? Come on, oh come on. What are we doing? Like, <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Let's 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 get happy again here. Uh, ten uh, wins. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Ten ten wins. I'm I'm like in the fetal position, rocking back and forth. Ten wins. We got ten wins. Tucker didn't drop the ball. Tucker didn't drop the ball. Shout out win. Shout out win. <laughs> I'm not sure how to transition from that, but let's get to some some facts about this game before we go a little bit deeper into the offensive and defensive sides of the ball. This was the first shutout in the 44-year Indie Bowl history. Surprising. Hell yeah. Started in 1974. 1976. I should know when the country was founded. That seems like a thing I should know. I'm not the history major, though. Um, (laughs) You're right. You make good money. (laughs) Wow. Damn. It's also worth noting, so since 1983, Miami has won five national titles starting in that year, 1983. It's impressive. Since that season, Miami has only been shut out five times um, by number 16, Arizona in 1993, which was technically New Year's Day on 94, but whatever. Yeah, that was in a bowl game as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Florida State, who was number four at the time, that was in 97. Virginia, who was number 23 at the time in 2007. Clemson, who was number six in 2015. And Louisiana Tech. This year, who wasn't ranked, but is always number one in our hearts. Yeah. Classic. Yeah, boy. The only time in the past 40 years a G5 school has shut out a P5 school in a bowl game. It's Tech's first shutout since 2011. Yeah, I also saw on Twitter that closest Miami came to scoring, you will, was was on the last play of the game. They started that play from Tech's 38-yard line. <laughs> that was the closest they were to the Tech end zone at any point in the game. <laughs> I think they got to the Tech's like 39-yard line like twice or something. Yeah, like three that times, I believe. Yeah. They ran right. three plays from the 39. I'm not sure if it was on one drive or what. That that wasn't great. Speaking of, uh, uh, what were we talking about? <laughs> Miami being Miami being <laughs> being No, uh, I uh, I mentioned this in the uh, the group chat earlier today that in Tech's historic, can say that historic six game uh, win streak in bowls, uh, they have uh, outscored opponents 226 to 115. That's pretty good. 
And that includes the game where they only won by three in a high-scoring affair against Navy in the Armed Forces Bowl. Yeah. So, they're so just... a lot of those points came from Navy in that game. Yes, a lot of them came from that. And also the prolapse of the SMU football team before our eyes in the, uh, <laughs> in the Frisco Bowl. I'm still shocked by that game, honestly. Oh, I'll never forget the Snapchats Evan and I were sending to each other in escalating bewilderment. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we've, uh, let's talk about that if we can for a sec. I mean, we dominate in bowl game. Uh, it may not have been a high scoring affair this time, like the previous years, but there's something about the Bulldogs that whenever they get into a bowl game, they dominate. Bowl game skip. Bowl game skip. Remember, yeah. <laughs> remember the name. <laughs> yeah, someone needs to remember it because that dude's still not verified on Twitter, but his son and father are. <laughs> <laughs> his son, his son, like the, the tight ends coach at Ohio yeah, State. Ohio is. State. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, so Josh, you want to do a dramatic reading of Miami's drives in this past game? Does anyone have any dramatic music for me? I'll have some in post. Perfect. The Miami Hurricanes drive chart, narrated by me, that dude. Punt, 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 fumble, punt, punt, fumble, fumble, punt, interception, punt, interception, end of game. Fatality. (laughs) Finish him. Oh, that's man. awful. That's that's truly bad. Yep. Yeah, that's... yeah. They had they had nine punts. We had nine Oof. together. That's eighteen punts. That punt is old oh, enough. That punt is old enough to serve in our armed forces. <laughs> Support the, the national anthem. <laughs> it was the independence. Yeah. Bowl. Th- By the way, Tech had eighteen first downs in the so. <laughs> that is wow. Uh, Techception. Yeah. What do the numbers mean, Mason? <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, and, and speaking of punts, uh, the Independence Bowl punt record for punts in a game was broken in the first half. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so this, so was, this was not a great, uh, a, a great showing for offense, if you are a fan of offense, like most of us are, I think, except Nathan, apparently. But uh, I, I like offense. I wouldn't say no to <laughs> offense, but I'd rather a close defensive game than a blowout either way. Speaking of, like Matt said, the sixth bowl win in a row, um, which we obviously all know and we will hear about forever. um, And hopefully next year we'll hear about our seventh bowl victory in a row. But as of now, December 27th, Tech is the only team in the country that has won six straight bowl games. Wisconsin could tie it in the Rose Bowl if they beat Oregon. Um, but we won the Heart of Dallas Bowl before they won their bowl game in 2014. So technically, we have the longest streak, and Wisconsin can suck it. Swag, swag, uh, swag, swag, bro. <laughs> go Ducks. Uh, yeah, go, go, Ducks, go Ducks, obviously. Go Ducks. Black. <clears throat> so I saw on Twitter that some people were talking out about how Tech has a six-game bowl win streak because they played some easy bowls, or they played some not-great teams in those bowls. And it's... It's easy to say, yeah, we're not playing Alabama, but I was kind of curious to see how Tech matched up in those bowl games going in. Like we knew in the Independence Bowl, Miami was a 6.5 favorite, point favorite. Yeah. So Miami was expected to win by about a touchdown. And so I went back from 2014 on and looked at the bowl games there and saw what the the line was or what not so much the the over-under, but at least the the spread. And the Heart of Dallas Bowl, we were seven-point favorites against Illinois. We won by 17. The New Orleans Bowl the next year, we were one-point favorites against Arkansas State and won by 19. And and Arkansas State was the, I mean, they were like, they won the uh, Sun Belt Belt. four times in a row, right? So, I mean, they I know we rag on the Sun Belt all the time, right? But, like, they were conference champions, you know? (laughs) Yeah, and, I mean, their champion this year beat UAB. So, I mean, yeah. Uh, Go ears. Have to bring that up when we can. The next year was the only year in 2016 that Tech did not beat the spread when they only beat Navy by three by in a last second field goal. Uh, They were 7.5 point favorites in that game. 
then the Frisco Bowl 2017, they were 4.5 point underdogs to an SMU team that had no coaches. Um, and took That's one a bizarre by, line. By 41. Um, just Ooh, What a game. Yeah. That's so much fun. Last year, the Hawaii Bowl 2018, we were, again, one point favorites, this time against Hawaii, and won by 17. So every game except that Armed Forces Bowl, we've beaten the spread in against teams that Looked to be pretty good going in, too. Those weren't... Yeah, and several of those spreads suggest that, like, it's even... You know, it, it, Vegas at least felt like it was even. Because once I mean, once you get into seven points, that's where you feel like Vegas is pretty confident one team is better than the other. But, like, one-point favorites against Arkansas State, four-and-a-half underdogs against SMU, one-point favorites... Like, those are those are pretty much toss-ups, you know? Um, and so to, to go in and dominate those matchups is, like, you know, Vegas... Uh, I don't know. Like they, they obviously know what they're doing because it wouldn't stay in business if they were setting terrible lines all the time. But they don't seem to have a read on bowl game skip. Bowl game skip is an enigma. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, jumping man. back to this game real quick, just to kind of go over the game itself, uh, since it's real easy to talk about shutouts and streaks and all the other stuff. But this was not Jamar's best game to say Ooh. very no. broadly. No, uh, no, stat no. line: thirteen for twenty-eight. For 163 yards, one TD, one pick. Then again, using ESPN's QBR, it was his fourth worst performance of the year. So not his worst and kind of close to the median there. The only times he played worst games was against uh, Grambling State, Rice, and North Texas. Man, those are some teams to be bad against. I I defended Miami's defense earlier, but yeah, Jamar was just off as well. Yeah, I I mean, there was a stretch there where he was just missing guys high. He was, I mean, the the interception he threw, I I guess the guy just jumped the route, but like it was not there and Jamar just threw it right to uh, to the defender. So it's the kind of stuff you don't really, we haven't seen him do all year. Yeah. Well, well, if well. you think of if you add up if you add up all of Neymar's touchdowns, four years of playing, all of them passing, it's only three more touchdowns than Ryan Higgins had thrown the entire year his senior. So oh, we're not wow. we're we're not dealing with someone who is a world beater at the quarterback position. I know that Evan crying already and back in the fetal position because I'm bad mouthing Jamar. <laughs> but uh i think i think he's a I, he's a great competitor he just finds ways to win i mean he's one of those football players that can just find ways to win and i mean that happened again tonight too there was yeah, the, the yeah. first down run where he could have probably fought his way to the end zone in the play before he got into the end zone oh yeah that basically yeah. sealed the game it's like that doesn't really show up on the stat sheet outside of like 15 20 yard no, run no it doesn't also and the that's... touchdown pass he had i mean he was falling down and he found oh, yeah, like was... his fourth read who was wide open for a touchdown you know like that was a sean payton terrific. special out in the flat yeah <laughs> well well jamar had an off night luckily tech was able to run the ball at least early on it felt like every time henderson touched the ball he got six seven eight yards oh uh, yeah. yeah he was great yeah, he ended the night with 95 yards on 22 carries. That's 4.4 yards per carry, which seems low considering how well he was at the beginning of the game. But it felt like in the second half, Miami was able to slow him down a little bit. A little bit, yeah. yeah. It, it really felt like in the first half, like you said, I mean, I was honestly surprised that Tech was getting such a good push up front for, for creating holes, especially for Henderson and, and even for Jamar. I mean, he picked up, what was it, like a third and seven? We called a QB draw, and we all questioned that play call, but then it was like, oh, wait, he got the first down. So the, the holes were there, and in the second half, they really weren't. But yeah, Henderson, you know, shout out to him. I think he was named offensive player of the game. Deserved it. Overall, Tech 
ran for 174 yards and, you know, one, the one touchdown from Jamar there at the end. But also in the second half, we were every single play. Smoke Harris was coming in motion and they were never giving it to him until we ran that double reverse. <laughs> I think is the first time we did that all season. So that was kind of fun to see. We were saving that for the conference championship game. And yeah, that just... It, yeah, well, Nathan, well, you had. You have a way with making me sad, you bastard. Uh, <laughs> well, we would have lost. We would have lost FAE. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I don't want to give a, another shout-out to Harrison. He finishes the season with 1,062 rushing yards, uh, which is awesome. I mean, it's it's not of Ryan Motes or Kenneth Dixie in levels, but uh, it's still incredible nonetheless. It's actually only about 100 yards shy of cracking the top 10 rushing in Latte oh, wow. history. Uh, so he did, he did a, he had a great season and he had a good game last night. I think the average is what, like 4.3 yards, four and a half yards, whatever it was. But when he did get the ball, I mean, it was like parted red seas. I felt like he could have gone further if you wanted, but we were just kind of crushing, uh, with a rush. And, uh, I, I mentioned in the group chat last night when Jamar broke free for that really long run where I thought he was going to go in the end zone. And I want, in hindsight, he should have just gone into the end zone because he just ran it in the next play. Yeah. Uh, I want, it would have been perfect if he would have ran it that on that big long run gone in the end. So that would have been a perfect way to cap off his career. It also would have been very Jamar like to have someone punch the ball out and go through and get recovered by Miami and go back for a touchdown. And then we go to overtime and lose. So maybe he's smart, but I just wanted to, I just wanted to touch on that, that Jamar also, I think is the second leading rusher in this tech. Yeah, he was 10 rushes, 34 yards, 3.4 and a, uh, and a touchdown. So long at 26 yeah. on that game ceiling play. Right. Um, also, Henderson was only the 13th tech running back to reach a thousand yards on the ground. So that's, you know, that's rarefied air and we get to watch him for another year. So that's. Uh... And if you ask me, that is a guy that we all have circled on our radar because he's a bruiser. He runs really hard. Yeah. And none of us right now, I know we'll get to this a little bit later in the podcast. None of us really know what this football team is going to be like next year. We got a lot of, you know, we got to, we're going to have some leadership changes. Meek's leaving us tier. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> we're, you know, Jamar is obviously moving on with his life. Uh, so we won't have him at QB We're, I mean, I suspect we'll have Aaron Allen, at QB, uh, but I think that this is going to be a rush first power game next year. I, I know that Aaron is a little mobile, uh, but, uh, I think that his running will complement just running next year, unless the second coming of Dixon turns out to be as good as the first. <laughs> I guess we should talk about tech performance. <laughs> um yes and, and also the tate martell experience tm uh man <laughs> oh literally tm tate martell. you can't <laughs> boo me and then go with that <laughs> didn't even plan that uh but uh, <laughs> yeah so i mean miami tried to roll with three quarterbacks they were quote unquote trying them out for next year or whatever all of them played pretty terribly jaron williams was nine for 20 he played almost all of the first half Nine for 20, 94 yards, uh, one interception. His QBR was 11.7. Nikosi Perry played most of the second half, five for 13, 52 yards, one interception, and 9.4 QBR. I want to read Tate Martell's because I have that memorized. He went one for one for seven yards and seven carries for seven yards. What a stat line. What a stat line. Sheesh. That's drilled into my head as much as the zero points allowed. 
It's just yeah. easy to remember and says so a lot about how this night Tate went. Tate Martell is the QB of the future. He had a QBR of 13.8, which is, you know, <laughs> the highest in the game. One for one. He threw 100% passing. We are now a Tate Martell Miami podcast. Let's go, boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, on a completely opposite subject, um, <laughs> that is uh, maybe more interesting, at least to me, is uh, my boy Aaron Roberson last night. Uh, I think he came away with two interceptions, did he not? I think just he just one. had the just the one. He just he, had the one he, at the very end. He had another one that hit his chest right on the yeah, yeah, last drive. <laughs> uh, but he he had one interception in the game, and I think it's a kind of a storybook ending for him. Uh, he's a redshirt senior, so this is this is his last game ever. Uh, mm-hmm. And and so you know he's from Shreveport. Shouts out Shreveport. And he actually grew up playing high school football in Independent Stadium. So it's kind of cool for him to go out on that high part of this for the last several years. Uh, so, yeah. shout, so shouts out Aaron Roberson. That's another guy that we're going to miss on the defense. Yeah, so so I mean, as far as the defense as a whole, I mean, it was a really dominant performance. Miami's best drive was 10 plays, 39 yards, and a punt. Ugh. So, I mean, that, that was their best drive. To the- Again, you can't ask for much more from them yeah and then tech end of the night with more sacks than miami more interceptions than miami and again that zero points allowed really says a lot about how the defense have played along with how bad miami was themselves as well yeah they're pretty bad yeah so connor taylor had a a sack and a half zeke barnett had a sack and milton williams had a sack and a half so i'd have to check with that mate four sacks in a game made most tech had in a single game all season probably Um, and we didn't get a lot of sacks here so that may be Uh, the most yeah, and then with Willie Baker balling out in uh, Hawaii last year, maybe that's just the trend. Good old Willie yeah. Baker. Really well in the bowl games. But yeah, speaking of some individual performances, uh, talking about the players of the game, I quickly, when we were putting this together, called dibs on Brady Farlow. Again, so Brady Farlow, I tweeted about this at halftime. He's averaged around 37, 38 yards per punt throughout his career at Tech. This year, it's, he's averaged uh, 38.1 yards per punt on 57 punts. And tonight last night whenever (laughs) during the game he kicked the ball nine times for a total of 380 yards that's 42.2 yards per punt with a long of 51 that happened on this first punt of the game that downed the ball at the miami 11 yard line which really set them up in in deep field position because miami was able to move the ball a little bit on that drive again that the best drive of the night was 10 plays 39 yards that was that next drive so by pinning them back that far on that first punt of the game that really kind of kept them from getting in field goal range and scoring possibly points, which turns out to be pretty big in this game. Um, yeah. The only time he really made a mistake or made a, a punt that really wasn't that great when Tech was punting from Miami's 42-yard line, which I hate saying, but whatever. He, he ended up kicking the ball into the end zone for a touchback. But really, that's the only fault you can give him. Shortest punt of the night was 33 yards, which was fair caught at the Miami 22. So trying to cough in corner, try to keep it, the ball from getting in the end zone there ends up kicking it a little bit shorter, but just an awesome night from a guy who has been ragged on a little bit because the punting situation hasn't been all that solid this year and really picked a really good night to, to go all out. Indeed he did. And he'll be back next year. Yeah. 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 It's good stuff. He's a red yeah. shirt junior. So we actually, we have a lot of returning faces here. So, uh, hopefully we'll be able to say that we won a seventh one next year. So, uh, Josh, who's your player of the game? Uh, I'm going to give it to, uh, Zeke Barnett. You know, he wasn't the best defensive player out there. Cause you know, Connor Taylor deservedly played lights out and got independence bowl MVP, but Zeke Barnett purely because of one play. I remember vividly, uh, he busted through and was about to get a sack on the Miami quarterback. The Miami quarterback kind of scrambled and danced away towards the, uh, 
sideline and was going for a first down. And Zeke Parnett came flying out of the bottom of the frame on my uh, my TV and just you know stopped him short of a first down right there. And I was like, that man, yeah. that man, that man has a nose for the ball. Like he's he's coming after you, and he does not give up. So you're you're trying to tell me that you're you're that's your player of the game based on one play. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Okay, well then I'd like to I'd like to tell you guys what my player is. based on one play. I'm giving my player to Aaron Roberson, my dog from Shreveport, and a move that nobody saw coming. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> Shout out to Aaron Roberson, you're my dog. I, yeah. I'm glad that you got that play. Thank you for all that, and good luck in future endeavors. Yeah, and this concludes and... Matt's love letter to Aaron Roberson. All right, Evan, <laughs> who are you? Yeah, I was I was going to go with Aaron Run as well, uh, but I will give it to another defensive player in. Uh, if we're if we're going with the one play theme here, I'm going to go with Trey Baldwin, who had a crazy. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, like that was his interception. He's falling backwards. And Very confusing. It, I think with his left hand, you know, like and and somehow caught it one handed while falling backwards on the ground and kept it. But yeah, I mean, I mean, really, Connor Taylor was the player of the game. He earned it. Nine tackles, six solo tackles one and a half sacks and a pass deflected in a shutout, you know, defensive game that's going to earn you play yeah, the game every time. So, um, but, but yeah, Trey Baldwin's interception is definitely worth watching. You somehow did not see it and you're listening to this podcast, which would be strange. <laughs> right. <laughs> Spoiler uh, alert. I guess we should have said at the beginning. Then. <laughs> I want to give a quick shout out to Ethan Reed for having his what? 52nd consecutive start. 53rd. 53rd. Which Shouts doesn't out. even make sense to me. How did we play that many games? <laughs> like, I don't know. No, because like, so in a normal season like this, so let's say 12 games plus bowl games. So 13 games, that's what? 52 games plus one conference title. So did he start literally every single game since he came on campus? I guess. Uh, did he run my bad at math? Uh, it could be both. <laughs> and uh, But yeah, definitely shout out to him. Yeah. And on the subject of Connor Taylor, uh, I'm sure all of you guys know this. He actually transferred in from a small college out in Utah, and uh, he was National Junior College Athletic Association Defensive Player of the Year in 2017. So, I mean, Dang. he, I mean, he could have gone anywhere he wanted. He could have stayed close to home, Utah State. He could have gone to Utah. Probably could have gone to any Pac-12 school he wanted, and uh, you know, came over to Cusa to play for La Tech. But uh, his stats at Snow College out in Utah are ridiculous. Uh, the 139 tackles, 75 of them are solo, 21 tackles for loss, three sacks, and four fumble. Goodness. Uh, I wish he, I wish he could have done that for us uh, this year. Uh-huh. But uh, nonetheless, <laughs> thanks, Connor Taylor, uh, and best of luck to you in the future, you darn senior. Jumping back to Ethan Reed really quickly. Uh, so he joined the team in 2015 as a true freshman. He didn't play, so he redshirted. 2016 as a redshirt freshman, he started all 14 games on the offensive line. Uh, 2017 started all 13 games. 2018 all 13 games, and then this year all 13 games. Shouts so out. That equals 53. That is insane. That's awesome. Because like Shaq Quarterman had 52 uh, on the Miami side, the linebacker, and you know that's also impressive as hell, right? But yeah, I mean. Offensive lineman playing fifty three straight games <laughs> yeah, in college, like that's dude. That's a lot. <laughs> well, that he was. Uh, I mean, could he get drafted? Mm, I, I haven't heard much buzz about yeah. him being drafted, but but I don't know. You I know? mean, he's a he is a senior. He's six four three hundred. I feel like that's pretty undersized uh, to be. A, I mean, is he a guard? Is he a left tackle? I don't even know what he is, guys. He's a guard. Mm, At least he's projected yeah. to be if he goes to the NFL. Yeah, he fits more of that that guard criteria um 
But yeah, I mean, when you say it like that, I mean, I don't know what the record is for most starts uh, Louisiana Tech football, but that's got to be up there. Yeah, I mean, the only people who could be above it would be like from the D2 days when we were playing, you know, deep playoff runs, right? Uh, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it would have had to have been. If, if somebody had an Ironman streak like that back then. Really quickly. Yeah, so Ethan Reed is projected as the 69th overall guard hey. into the into the draft nice. so i had to bring that up but currently not projected to be drafted yeah, yeah it's too bad so he's gonna have pro days and you know he has a chance to you know shoot up that list a little bit and maybe get invited to a camp so yeah, yeah maybe i mean if Sokol can get invited to a camp putting Sokol on the last well he's he's just kind of a you'll have to cut this out but he... <laughs> well, let's quickly interrupt matt with the tweet of the week evan you got one for us this week <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, you know, with, with Tech being really the only game on yesterday, we got a lot of attention from the uh, sort of national college football landscape. And so there's a tweet here from Ryan Nanny where he says, uh, and it's at Celebrity Hot Tub, which I highly recommend following him. He's pretty hilarious. Um, Very funny guy. But he says, if Louisiana Tech is trying to win this game 7-0 to zero because they know that will make Miami fans totally furious for months, they have my endless respect. <laughs> <laughs> that's fabulous uh and then uh, an honorable mention one of the replies to that tweet that made me laugh pretty hard was questioning why LaTeX isn't just taking these and punting on third down <laughs> <laughs> that's fabulous so yeah we'll we'll have that in the show notes go uh go check that out give him a follow he's a really funny uh college football guy so yeah. no, that's funny i i feel like we gave a lot of love to jmar and then we could, i, I want to give him a little bit more jmar ends in the top three in louisiana takes history for passing yards i mean i think that that's pretty darn admirable given the adversity oh, yeah. I, I feel like he's faced and he wasn't putting up the stellar numbers that colby cameron did or that ryan higgins did or that luke or tim did back in their day but thank you jmar for all that you and all that you did best of luck in the you as well and now for some one very strange uh, trivia uh, tidbit. Fifth on the all-time list is Matt Dunigan. Matt Dunigan, to say that. He was quarterback from 79 to 82. Matt Dunigan went on to have a Canadian Football Hall of Fame career in the CFL. And <laughs> one, he is in the Hall of Fame. And he won two Grey Cups, one for the Edmonton Eskimos and one for the Toronto Argonauts uh, back in the late 80s, early 90s. I did not know this. And now he is a well-respected uh, TSN sportscaster for Canadian football sports oh, television. Oh, wow. That's uh, awesome. He, yeah, apparently he's a big Shout out deal. Matt Dunigan. <laughs> Matt Dunigan. Apparently he's a big deal up in Canada. He's like a well-respected, well-liked TV personality on TSN, their version of Sports Center up there for Canadian football coverage. And he's a freaking Hall of Famer and was voted in as uh, in the top 50 CFL players of all time at number 39. Shouts out oh, to, right, my, no, Matt to my okay. boy. Right. Matt but I think I think you're glossing over his biggest achievement and what's in the very top of his Wikipedia page, which is in 2008 he was named the host of road grill a canadian barbecue cooking series on the food network canada <laughs> hey that's that's just lit. he's multifaceted bro he's like oh my gosh dude <laughs> and and he apparently grew up in an insanely rich household because he went to lake highlands high school in dallas wow so so come to the gtpdd podcast for you know post-game recaps stay for the talk of <laughs> louisiana tech players from the late 70s and what the they're 80s. up to these days and, hey, and man, from their wikipedia pages people right. <laughs> will appreciate this content for what it is and it's all awesome. 
But I <laughs> you might cut out there at the end. I couldn't tell what you said. But anyway, <laughs> that about wraps it up for this episode of the Go Tech <laughs> Podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G O T E C H P L S D N T D I E, or go to our blog for more content we produce throughout the year at gtpdd.dog. And until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. Don't make me do this. Go on. I'm Danny you now. <laughs> oh, it's not cool, Josh. And I'm Matt Dune. <laughs> and go check. Please don't die. Please. Please. Ten wins. Ten wins, baby. Six and oh. You have to be Manny, more specific. Manny Josh. Diaz. More like Manny Diaz. Manny Diaz. Jamar wouldn't have puffed the magic dragon or whatever he did. You might have to ex- you might have to excise that out. I'll 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 come up with a new dialogue right now. If Jamar hadn't have gotten hadn't have what fuck it third try. If Jamar had not, now there's gonna be questionable laughter. All right, take four. If Jamar had not been suspended.